Hi everyone, this is a Barclay Damon Live broadcast where we discuss all things L&E, labor and employment. I'm Ari, let's dig in. Hey guys, welcome back to Can I Ask That? This is our third episode in our three episode segment where we tell you what you need to know, what you can and can't ask in the context of job applications, job postings, and in the case of today, employee interviews. I am back with Scott Rogoff. If you've listened to our first two episodes in this segment, you've heard Scott and I go back and forth on a lot of issues as it relates to protected classes and permissible and permissible questions. So, you know, it just made sense to have Scott back to talk about the interview process. Scott, thanks for joining us. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Absolutely. So before we jump in, um, Scott is so interesting that I'm just making him give us something fun for every episode. So if you haven't listened to our first two episodes in this segment, I'll give you a (laughs) refresher. Number one, questionable driver. Number two, local celebrity. Number three, Scott, hit us with number three. So another, I hope it's a fun fact, but I I used to sing and play acoustic guitar in a Jimmy Buffett cover band. Um, This was uh, 1991-ish. A good friend of mine who has been my best friend since second grade um, started taking up the guitar and I was been playing for a long time, but I'm not very good. And uh, Jimmy Buffett music, for the most part, is no more than three, four simple chords, great <laughs> lyrics, a lot of fun. And uh, in Rochester, the music scene continues to be in and it's always been really, really uh, it's great music scene, brilliant musicians. And I am not one of them. My partner. So we said, if we're going to do something, we need to find a different way to break in. Um, so we said, let's just be fun. You know, we're going to screw up the chords and mess up the words. And we did. Um, but we, we got a little bit of a following. And I actually met my wife uh, through one of our shows because she knew a friend of our of a friend. And she came and thank goodness she was a Jimmy Buffett fan because I've now been married for 23 years. So. <laughs> well, I do think that's interesting, Scott. And, you know, I feel like all of your interesting facts about yourself are very like su- giving me like summer vibes like you're in hilton head you're like just drumming wearing... on an acoustic guitar just you know singing you jimmy know, buffett it's funny i should be wearing a straw hat and sandals <laughs> or i mean you're right it's like i'm thinking of all these warm weather memories but, yes uh, but i mean it makes sense given what you know being in western new york upstate area so yeah. thanks for sharing i'm glad Good. you did and uh learned a lot about you today uh the last few weeks, Scott. Yeah, this this has been very therapeutic for me too, Ari. <laughs> I had suppressed all these memories. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna send exactly. me a bill now. <laughs> well, thanks, Scott. Let's dig in. Um, you know, today, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, we're gonna talk about some tips uh, for employers with respect to employee interviews. So let's leave behind job postings applications. You know, the first thing I wanted to talk with you about, Scott, is you know whether you have some general pointers for employers, you know, as they're preparing for interviews and, you know, what, what tips you might have. Yeah, definitely. So, so the overriding principle is take it seriously. Do not wing an interview. Um, very often employers will have five, six, seven, eight of them in a day and like, all right, bring the next one and let's just kind of do this, you know, by repetition, by rote. And you got to be very, very careful. Every new person coming in, comes with their own particular set of skills um, and and you want to make sure you are zeroed in and listening to that particular person. So you want to be prepared. Um, So some of the things that that we recommend you do is, let's say it's it's all the same position you're interviewing for, write out your questions or at least write out the the basic 
five, six, seven questions that you want to ask and ask those same questions of everybody. Because if it turns out you don't hire somebody and they think it's because of some protected class and now you're involved in litigation or it's an agency charge and, you know, the notes are have, have to be disclosed. You don't want someone saying, well, gee, how come you only asked two questions of this person and you asked 20 questions of the other person and the substance that you asked this person is not the same substance as other people. So you want to be as consistent as possible. I, I've got employers. In fact, I just reviewed one for um, one of our clients last week who writes all the questions out. And I took a look at them. They make a lot of sense. They don't ask any of the bad questions that we've been talking about for the last <laughs> few right. which, is, which is very good. So you want to have that in front of you. Now, you don't want to be so wedded to a script that when they give you an answer, you ignore it and then you go boom, 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 right? You've got right. to really listen. So to be a good interviewer, you've got to be a very good and active listener because you're going to get nuggets that are going to open doors for other areas of questioning that if you just go, thank you for answering question one, question two, question three, and now you're done, that's not going to, it's not an effective interview and you're not going to really learn a lot about something. So be prepared, you know, uh, have your questions written out, take some notes, you know, um, and make sure they're legible. My handwriting is horrible, so I <laughs> work on that. But you definitely want to make it legible and be consistent. <clears throat> you also want to make sure that um, right off the bat, there aren't any accommodations that are needed. Now, usually the applicant will let you know that. Um, you know, I, I have a hearing deficiency, so maybe you want to have a, a sign language person or something along those lines. If someone is in a wheelchair, you know, is mobility impaired, you want to make sure they have access to the interview room. A yes. lot of this is being done by Zoom. Yes. Know, so it kind of mitigates that. <laughs> but I, I would certainly make sure that everything is cool there. Now, I don't think you have an obligation to ask the applicant, boy, is there any accommodation I can make for you to make? The, I don't think you need to ask that, but you need to be aware of it. And if they do make a request, you have to be nimble and see if you can make that request. So that's kind of all the setup and preparation. And, um, you know, it may be the last one at 4.30, but... That applicant deserves the same attention that you give the first person at nine o'clock. So, you know, use the facilities, have a drink of water or coffee, you know, spray some water on your face. But um, it's you got to be fair to every single applicant. And just because they're at the end of the day, that's not their fault. And yes. you want to make sure you give them all the attention. Yeah. And I'm really glad, Scott, you brought up, you know, the, the issue of providing accommodations if if you know, somebody who has a disability or something that is known to you, they make it known to you as it relates to, you know, being able to equally participate in the interview process. Because I think with it being this remote format, a lot of telephone interviews, like, you know, I'm working on a case right now that involves, you know, an, an interview for a hearing impaired applicant who, you know, she's saying that she made our client aware that she was hearing impaired. And our client is saying, you know, we, we were not made aware, we didn't know, and it's turned into a literal federal case. So <laughs> um, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, those things are really important to keep in mind as you prepare for the interview. Yeah. Now, some of them will be obvious, but some won't. So um, uh, just, exactly. just be nimble and ready. And if somebody asks, now you may have to, to, to reschedule, right? Like if you don't have any idea and mm -hmm. they say to you, oh, by the way, I can't see or I can't hear or whatever, I need this accommodation, you might have to say, listen, um, let me look into that for you, but I don't want to go forward today because I want you, like like I like your phrasing, or, you, know, you need to have the same opportunity that everybody else has, and mm -hmm. if we need to make an accommodation, we're going to do that for you. 
right. you know, obviously has lim- some limited. It still has that reasonableness standard. You know, well, I need my entire family to come in here and, and, and rub my shoulders because I have anxiety and say, add a boy or add a girl. I mean, that's not reasonable. But right. if it's something more reasonable, you may have to say, let's reschedule this for another day. Right. We can provide you with that accommodation. Right. Like a relay service. So like in the, you know, in the, in, like in the case of a hearing impaired individual, like maybe yep. you need a little time to set that up if the indivi- the applicant doesn't have access to that, like things mm-hmm. like that. So Scott, thanks. I think that's really helpful, you know, for employers in looking or having an eye toward preparing for an interview. I wanted to get your take, um, you know, as it relates to tips for during the interview process itself. And when you're an employer and you're actually interviewing an applicant, any tips that you might have under those circumstances? Sure. I I think you really want to zero in on the job. You know, if you could close your eyes and say our ideal candidate would have these skills, right? or this kind of work ethic. You wanna ask questions that will zero in on those particular aspects, right? Now, do you wanna make a little bit of small talk in the beginning, maybe, but you always gotta be careful. Tell me a little bit about yourself. That's a dangerous question because now, oh, I'm glad you asked because I'm a member of seven different protected classes and I'm an advocate for blah, blah, blah. And now before you know anything about it, they've set you up. So I wouldn't ask those questions, right? Come in. Thank you for being with us. I appreciate your your interest in our company and in our job. Let me tell you a little bit more about this position, okay? And then now you're off, right? Or you may want to ask them, because I I think especially in this day and age of information, uh, how easily accessible information is, let's see if they've done their homework. You know, tell me what you understand about this position. Mm -hmm. Tell me why uh, why you're looking for this particular position. And then you kind of get the dialogue going. So, so you do that. Um, uh, obviously, skills are very important. And be careful of asking questions that's going to give them an easy answer. So let's say you say something like, well, we adopt a team-centered approach. So when we give assignments, we have people work as a team. Are you okay with that? Who's going to say no? <laughs> no, I'm not, right? <laughs> right. So I wouldn't ask that question. I would say... Um, can you give me an example, for perhaps from your previous employment, where you had to work as a team? How was that? Now it's an example, right? As opposed to the, I remember, I don't know, Ari, your, your experience uh, applying for, for jobs, but I remember when I was right out of law school, I, I, was in, I lived in Boston, and the job market was just ridiculous. So I probably went on 50 interviews. And no matter what area of law they practiced, I loved it. You know, um, so well, why do you want to be a toxic tort lawyer? Oh, because right. I'm very fast. And then the next day, the same day, why do you want to be a family law lawyer? Oh, because right. I'm fascinated with. So they're going to tell you what you want to hear. Yes. It's harder to do that if you ask them for an example. A couple of questions that I always ask is, uh, let's say you've got, you've got some work history. I say, tell me about a time in your last job where you really nailed it. You hit the ball out of the park. What happened? And then conversely, tell me about a time at work where you really blew it. You know, what did you learn? What happened? What did you to fix it? Those questions force somebody to really get into what they did. And it doesn't give them the chance to say, I'm a team player or boy, I, I accept criticism. OK, well, give me an example of what right. happened. And I guarantee you, if someone says I've never messed up, you know, that's maybe not be the person that you want to hire or the people who turn it. You know, who go, I know this is really hiring thing, but but it's just, it, it's just fresh in my mind. Tell me an example of a time you blew it. 
well, I work so hard and I work so many hours, you know, and I take on a, so, no, 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 everybody blew it at one point. So, so ask questions again that are designed to give them examples of what has actually happened. So that, that those are kind of uh, the, 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 the questions that I would ask, you know, to, to elicit information about them, which is not going to give them the easy out. Sure, I love working with a team. Sure, I will work late hours. Sure, I will do that. Yes. Ask them for examples. Yeah, those are great, Scott. I think that's great practical, you know, advice. Um, so I, I'm glad that you kind of shared your thoughts on that. And and with respect to taking notes during the interview process, I think, you know, we get this question. I, I would say, yeah, def definitely take notes during the interview. I don't know if you have a different take or if there's anything specifically you're, you know, you advise our clients to look out for, but I would say yes. <laughs> uh, I, I say yes as, as well, but the person needs to know what they're doing, right? Um, uh, you don't want to stick somebody in an interview room who A, is not familiar with the process and really doesn't have a lot of note-taking experience True. because you want to write down facts. You, know, right. you, want, you want to avoid opinions. Yes. Now, they may come later, right? Well, you don't want to say what a jerk this person is. Like you don't <laughs> want to write that down. Yes. Um, but you may want to say good answer um, to, to to question. You know, because you'd have question three. Give me a time you really hit the ball out of the park. Um, good answer described when they had a tight deadline. She put together a team and the client was satisfied. Right. Boom. That's great. Now after you're done, you may have be in a room with other decision makers who say, Ari, tell me what you thought, then go ahead. Well, I really didn't like this person. I yeah. found them arrogant. I, I found them whatever. You don't really want to put that. Also, because that's so much tougher to defend if they don't get the job. You know, Ari, how many times have we seen, you know, from employers, well, they had a personality problem. I just didn't like them. Yeah. That's hard to show because it's subjective. Subjective, it, yep. It really is. Whereas if you say, um, ask them for a time they really messed up and they gave me no answer at all. Or, That's an objective observation. Exactly. Either they did or they didn't. Those are objective. Or tell me, uh, uh, our company deals with this particular, you know, uh, software system or product. Um, I asked them if they had experience. They said no. And yet three other applicants said they were familiar and had used it successfully. Right. So those are the types of notes that you want to take because they're directly related to the pinpoint questions that you're going to be asking. Um, but you raise a great point, Ari. It's, it's just like, you know, when we do performance evaluations, they're mm -hmm. only as, or investigations, they're only as good as the note takers who, is doing, who are doing them. And I would say avoid putting any opinions in at that point, right? Um, yes. That will come later. But I wouldn't do that right then and there because now you got a written record. Oh, well, they didn't like me. Obviously, they didn't like me because I disclose I'm a member of a protected class. Exactly. Stick, exactly. Stick to the facts that they repeat back to. Really important point, Scott. So I think, you know, we spent the first two episodes of this segment kind of talking about what you can and can't ask in the context of job applications and job postings. But I think this is something we should hit, you know, as we're talking about the interview process, because obviously this is a conversation as opposed to, you know, writing a question on paper. And, you know, one of the things we talk about, we talked about a couple weeks ago was, you know, residency, citizenship, those kinds of things. And, you know, what we talked about as it relates to the application applies to interviews as well. But, you know, I think there are some ways that it's easier in an interview to ask questions that can get to that same information, like, you know, 
do you have any ties to Rochester? Do you have any ties right. to Buffalo? What What yeah. is your tie to Buffalo? You know, I I remember after law school, you know, my me and my husband moved. I moved back to Buffalo. My husband moved from the Albany area, and that was a question he got a lot when he was applying to firms in Buffalo. Like, what? Why? Why are you coming to Buffalo? This was like back before Buffalo was like cool again. At least I think it's cool. I always have, yeah. but you know what I mean. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so so state is slightly different. You you you, you know people who. We want to hire people who are hopefully going to stick around. Exactly. Right? Particularly when, and we're not talking about remote, you know, at this yes, point. Yes, true. Because, Very you know, true. You can have, but but let's get back to the typical, you know, pre-COVID kind of thing, because I think we'll, we'll get there eventually. But hopefully we all come back to work <laughs> in, in our office. Fingers and, crossed. Right. So, but, but it's a great point. So let's say, you know, one of the things that is important to you as an employer is, am I going to hire someone who's going to stick around? Right. You're not going to be flopping all over the place, different places. Uh, that's a, the, the question that you raise is great. You know, what, what is it that you like about our city? What is it like about you like about our town? That's different than saying, well, where are you from originally? And why would you move from blank to yes. blank? Because they could say, oh, well, originally I am from Honduras or I'm from wherever. And now they've disclosed the national origin fact that you didn't need to know that. You know, you, you didn't need to know. So you simply could have said um, or look at you can look at a resume because if it's if it's out there, it's out there. Yeah. I noticed that you, you know, uh, you went to, to school in Boston and then you worked in New York City and then you worked in Chicago. Our office is in North Tonawanda. Why? You know, those are big cities. Why would you want to come to North Tonawanda? As wonderful as I have family in North Tonawanda. So I can say yes. That, right? To our listeners, uh, that is a suburb of Buffalo. Yes. So, <laughs> so why would you want to come to a smaller town like ours? Perfect. That's fine. Yeah. You know, and, and, and obviously what you're looking for is, well, I have family here. Yes. Or, you know, my cousin runs a business here and I think I can tap into what they do. So yes. that's kind of what you're looking. So so it's it's the same. You're going to get the same information. But one way, i.e., where are you from? Where's your family from? Could elicit information that could be problematic vis-a-vis -vis def, uh, discrimination. The other way is what is it you like about our location? Yes, I you like that. The same information. Yeah, very. Yeah, I think that's really important, Scott. So, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, we touched on a little bit, I think, in our prior episodes, but I think this comes up a lot um, in employee interviews, you know, hobbies, organizations you're involved with, things that even could be on the resume. Are there any limitations to those types of questions or, you know, what would you recommend as it relates to that? And what we're really getting at is, you know, New York's, as you mentioned, I think last week, recreational activities law and, you know, what is okay to ask and, you know, what information, you know, what you can do with the information basically as an employer. So I think the first question is why are we asking the question in the first place? Right. Right. Um, why do I need to know what hobbies you have now? Sometimes you want to know, like I, I used to ask this question, what's not on your resume that you'd like us to know about? Yeah. Like I used to ask that question. Right. Um, I don't as often anymore because I'm afraid of, of the answer. Right. <laughs> um, but, but look, let's, let's be honest. You know, if we're going to be working in a team environment, whether it's remotely or in person or whatever, you know, what's the old saying? You don't have to like the person you work with, but you have to respect them and get along with them. It, it can be important to know, you know, uh, I do nothing. I go home, I, I, I go home, I make a, a frozen dinner and I go to sleep and I come to work the next day. 
well, geez, is that the kind of, are you going to add anything to our culture, our office culture? Are you going to add anything? So, so yeah, we may want to know those things, but I think it really depends on the job, right? Um, some positions, we don't care. So that may not matter, right? If, if there's a particular position. Others may, like our, as you know, our firm often adopts a team-based approach and people are generally comfortable going office to office. Hey, Ari, if you're not busy, can I run something by you? Yeah, sure, no problem. Or can I pick up a four-digit extension? Geez, uh, I know that you've handled something. Can I do that? So you may want to know um, about that. So you could certainly ask, remember I talked about asking for a specific example? Give me an example when you ask for help. You know, job related, of course. Yes. Then that then that might give them, uh, you know, that might uh, lead to those sorts of things, and it'll give you an insight as to to their to their work uh, ethic and their work attitude. In terms of general hobbies, you know, I guess if see what their resume says. Sometimes people put special interests on there. So let's say uh, golf. Okay, that might be safe. You know, tell me <laughs> how often do you play? You know, uh, if we had a for uh, company golf outing, is that something you'd be interested in, right? That mm, Jimmy be. Buffett cover band. Are you comfortable Ooh, playing yeah. at our, <laughs> our company it, right? retreat? <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, so yeah, so I, I think, you know, again, you got to be nimble a little bit. Yes. Um, if they put down as a hobby, you know, I volunteer with the Center for Disability Rights. Okay. Um, interesting. Very valuable. Uh, that might be, that might you know, lead to other issues. Well, because let's let let's play it out. Geez, I see that you you volunteer for this organization. You know, what made you do that? Well, I have a disability myself, and my family has a disability, and I think that you know people are taken advantage of, and I need this. Again, all all terrific. I mean, and and so so really understand everybody. We're talking from a strictly legal standpoint. Yes how to protect employers from potential claims. And that might be one. Now, um, you could say, I noticed that you do a lot of charitable activity. Um, our firm is involved in, 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 in community service as well. And if we embark on something, is that something you'd be interested in? That might be a way to kind of address it without saying specifically, you know, what are your hobbies and interests? Yes. So. Yeah, thanks, Scott. That's a really good answer to the question I asked. Um, so I think one of the things that uh, something an employer may want to know, and I think is reasonable, you know, in the context of the interviews, you know, like what's your availability? Are you available on Saturdays? Are you available on Sundays? Are you, do you know, and I'm sure it will come up. I, you know, I have two kids. I'm not available on evenings, those kinds of things. So, right. you know, what, it, what is your advice as it relates to the best way to kind of get that information from somebody? Because I think that is information, you know, we say hobbies, why would that, why would that come up? It's a little more attenuated, but I think it's reasonable for an employer to want to know, you know, can you work on the weekends? How do mm -hmm. you, you know, what's your advice for asking those types of questions? Because we don't want to implicate any type of, you know, religious observance or, right. you know, if you're a caretaker, those types of questions. I think you handle it the same way you handle disability, which uh, here's the job description, here are the requirements of the position. Can you do this with or without a reasonable accommodation? You say, these are the typical hours of the job. You know, it's it's generally nine to five. However, you know, if you're if there's a big project you're going to be involved with, the position, and always zero on the position. You know, I probably should have gone back. Um, try not to say you will, the position, right? The position requires the successful candidate, right? Yes. You know, to work weekends sometimes. Would you be able to do that? 
right? Um, the position requires um, off hours. I mean, especially any salary exempt employee position rather that you're hiring for, you know, you're on the clock 24 seven if you're yeah. salary exempt. So you might say, we, the expectation is that you're going to be available for your colleagues and for management and the people who report to you from nine to five. That's the expectation. However, the nature of our business is such that sometimes you may have a call at seven. We have uh, uh, West Coast clients if we're on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. We have international clients. So every now and then you might have to take a phone call at 11 p.m. or 12. Are you, are you going to be able to do that? So you always relate it back to the position. And I think, Ari, it's a great question. And I think it's something that employers don't do enough because when it doesn't come up and now you are in that situation, you know, yes. that creates problems because the person doesn't show up and they go, oh, well, I have such and such or I have whatever. And when we go, well, you didn't tell us, they go, well, you didn't ask. Yeah, well, but right. we say, no, but I did tell you what the hours were and you didn't give any indication as to that would be a problem. So I would I would tie everything to the specific position and say these this is the expectation of the hours. Can you comply with this? Yes. I think that's a really good way to deal with it, Scott. So I think, you know, lastly, before we sign off for today, I wanted to ask you a question. And we kind of talked about this. It was sprinkled in, in our other episodes, but in the context of, you know, an employee interview, what to do if you're in the interview and the employee volunteers protected information, um, which I think does, you know, it definitely happens. Um, and by volunteer, we mean, you know, basically we've gone through these examples, but the employee says, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this organization because I have a disability and this is my disability and that, you know, blah, blah, blah. So what's your advice to employers for how to deal with those types of voluntary disclosures? Yeah, it's a great question and it happens all the time. Sometimes it's as overt as you described. Sometimes it's more subtle Yes. where you ask the applicant a question and they go, I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear you. I, I, I have right. a, a, a hearing problem. Now you're like, oh boy, what do I do now? So I think, well, okay, let's take the second case and then we'll go to the first one. The second one, I would say, oh, okay. Um, ha ha are you able to hear me now? I mean, are, are we okay? And if they go, well, it's still, okay, is there, uh, if we move a little closer, if, you know, let's, this is a, like an in-person thing. If it's on video or Zoom, say, well, can, can we try to toggle the, the volume thing a little bit? So you got to address it, right? You yes. Have to address it. Um, but let's say it's more overt than that, like you said. Well, I'm interested because I know your organization works with the developmentally disabled community. I myself am disabled and my family is disabled. I think what you want to do is, is shift as soon as you can. But I think you want to remind the person that um, you're an equal opportunity employer. And you say, okay, um, but listen, I since you raised it, I just want to remind you that we don't take any of that into consideration when we make our employment decisions. Yes. You know, we, we, we evaluate people based on their skills. And if, if there is a disability. We, we see if there's an accommodation that can be made, but I want you to, you to understand and rest assured that, that none of that will have any bearing on our decision. So you use disability. What if, uh, let's use race or age, right? And they say, well, I'm interested because I know you do a lot of work in the blank race community, okay? And I'm very interested in that and I'm an advocate. And I think you should know that when you consider my application. Thank you very much. Um, you need to know that we don't make employment decisions based on race or age or whatever. We have an EEO policy. I'm happy to share it with you. Um, you know, thank you for telling me that. But um, it's very important that you understand 
Um, we don't base our decisions on any of that. And then shift as soon as you can to something. Uh, tell me a little bit more about this. Uh, my, my sister has- So this- don't ask follow-up questions about no, whatever. No, <laughs> no, Just- change the subject. So, yeah. so my sister has this great thing, my younger sister, um, at Thanksgiving, if my sister asks if anybody has any gum, you know to change the subject because she doesn't chew gum. So let's say something heated at, and my sister, anybody got any gum? That's our way of knowing we need to pivot. So if that comes up in your interview, ask about the gum. Right? Something else, right? Right. Quickly pivot. Now, if they continue along those lines, it's going to tell you something. Are they setting you up? You know, are they really interested or they just want to let you know? And I think you still maintain an even keel. Say, listen, I understand this. Say, listen, um, I I want to be respectful to your time. And I do have some more questions that I'd like to ask. So can I, can I move on to this area? Right. And then, so that's another way of saying you got any gum. Yeah. I think that's Uh, a good, that's great, Scott, because, you know, a lot of times if it's, it's it's something somebody could be passionate about, like in the examples we've discussed. So directing the conversation could be a challenge. (laughs) Yeah. And I wish I could attribute to which uh, one of my mentors who came up with that. I want to be respectful of your time. Yeah. That's shorthand way of saying, we got to get out of here. I don't have all day. (laughs) Right. Right. But please, no pride of ownership. Folks on the listening to this podcast, watching it, use that phrase. You know, if, if you want to kind of get out, say, listen, um, I know we blocked 45 minutes or half an hour. I want to be respectful of your time. So I, I really do need to ask you these sorts of questions. Please, by all means, use that phrase. It's another way of saying I don't want to hear that. <laughs> yes, I like it. And and really applies to other facets of life, I would say. Oh, God, now that I've said that, if any of our clients are listening <laughs> to this and you hear me say, I want to be respectful, I really am. Oh, boy. Right, no, I'm just that. messing with you, Scott. No, I'm I just know, kidding. And, and those, those of you who may have worked with me or are, you know, we love you and yes. all the time, whatever you need, we're here for you. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Scott. All right. Well, thank you so much. I think that was, this has been great. I think this is a really good practical advice for employee, you know, or excuse me, applicant interviews. Um, I just want to say thank you so much again for joining us for this segment. It's been awesome. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Is there anything else you want to kind of let our listeners know before we sign off? No, I, I appreciate it. This is the the first kind of interview podcast that I've actually done. I mean, I try to do some presentations and webinars, but this is the first format. So I want to thank you for for putting me at ease. Uh, yes. That was great. And, and really the, the takeaway for, for those employers on the line is, again, um, there there is a potential minefield out there and you want to make sure that you're prepared for any interview. You know, you take them all very, very seriously and that you are prepared for these situations that may come up. And if you really don't know what's going on, please, by all means, um, seek legal counsel and walk through it before you make an employment decision. And I Great guess advice. if there's any applicants who are listening to the podcast, I mean, there's no hidden secrets, you know, um, try to understand that when you're being interviewed, um, the employer really wants to try to find whether you're a good fit. So the questions that they're going to be asking are going to be related to the job and they want to make sure that this is going to be a win-win for both of you. I think, uh, I think there's, there's words of wisdom here for those of you who are looking for jobs too, you know, as you go into an interview to give you an idea of what the employers are looking for. So hopefully that's helpful as well. Great. Thank you so much, Scott. Really appreciate it. I think this has been a really good segment, really valuable information. And to our listeners, tune into our next segment where we will go through workplace policies, handbooks, 
everything you need to know about uh, you know workplace policies and we're going to keep you updated on the ever evolving landscape that is New York law. So Scott, thank you so much again. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk soon. The Labor Employment Podcast is available on BarclayDamon.com, YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Like, follow, share, and continue to listen. Thanks. This material is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or a legal opinion, and no attorney-client relationship has been established or implied. Thanks for listening.